What is up, everybody? We are back. I'm George Mossy. I am here with my co-host, Cara. Say hi to Cara, please. Hi. So, 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 4, Episode 14. This is Part 2. Next week is the finale slash Part 1 of the tell-all. But we saw more of Debbie and Osama this episode yeah. than we saw basically all season because they have been yeah. teasing us and holding them hostage from us all season. <laughs> we finally got to see Mama Debbie, and I loved everything I saw about her in this oh episode gosh, yeah but let's start off at the beginning so osama had a conversation with his sister ozma and he said that he lost his temper and when he loses his temper he can't control himself he just says whatever he wants to say even if it's hurtful and even if it's mean even if it's nasty and he thinks it's normal when people lose it and you're just supposed to deal with it because he told debbie he was like well everyone gets upset everyone gets angry you're just supposed to know that i didn't mean that how are yeah, we supposed to know? Right. How are we supposed to know that you're saying horrible lies to me just because you're upset? Or because a lot of people say like when you're drunk, that's when you hear the truth. Maybe yeah. we hear the truth when Osama yeah. is angry. Right. Very good point. That's a very good point. He, so, he tries to flip everything around to Debbie. You made the mistake. You said this. You said that. He's never he never takes accountability for anything. Nothing at all. So let's yep. talk about his little misunderstanding. He said that him and Debbie had spoken about where they would live. And Debbie did say from day one that she would move to Morocco. Now, unfortunately, in Osama's mind, Debbie saying, I'm going to move to Morocco to be with you never meant forever. He was like, well, yeah. how was I supposed to know that that was going to be permanent? And I was like, well, typically when someone moves to another country and they say, I'm moving here. They're not saying though I'm the word temporary, not permanent. You know, there yep. are always cues and words that will give you yep. an inclination of what they're talking about. She said that she was leaving her home. She was going to move her business and Julian was taking care of everything. And she had no interest in going back other than to visit her kids. And for some reason, Osama interpret that as we're going to come here, get our documents. Did yeah. you notice how he said that? Yep. Not get married. Not yeah. get married because yep. Debbie was like, how dare you say the act of love and the act of getting married is simply getting documents. And she's like, all you can see and think about is the visa. She's like, you yep. don't you don't treat me as a person. You didn't treat our love as a real thing. I was a part of your plan to get to America. And unfortunately, he said that this was his plan from day one. He said that he doesn't feel that he has the means to make a living um, in his home country in Morocco and America is the only place that he would be able to make money. And Debbie's like, well, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. That's not my responsibility yep. to bring you to America to improve your life. And she's like, yep. I'm trying to figure out why you had a different plan from me from the first day. And instead of openly telling me what your plan was, you went along with mine. Yeah. You yep. let me fall in love with you. You let me tell you for over a year, what we were going to do together, how we were going to get married, how we were going to get an apartment and Rabat, all of this. And he said the one thing that really got to him was when Debbie kept saying, when are we going to get our apartment? When are we going to start our lives together? When are we?" That's what pissed him off because he knew getting an apartment in Rabat meant that his plan had failed. He yep. knew once Debbie started Roots in Morocco, there was no chance yep. he was going to make it to America. Osama, shame on you. Yep. I am so pissed. And yep. I am just so glad that Debbie's strong. She stood her ground. Yeah. She went to meet you. And she was like, how do you think I feel? You know, how yep. do you think that I feel after you lied to me and you used me and you betrayed me and you manipulated me? How do you yep. think that makes people feel? 
So I am just so relieved to know that Debbie has decided to leave Morocco and come back to the U.S. where Julian is waiting for her with open arms. We all are. Debbie, we cannot wait till you touch down. When you get back to the U.S., we're throwing a party. Heck yeah. Well, Osama was too busy uh, in true Debbie fashion, too busy writing checks with his mouth that his ass can't cash. That was amazing. And it was a desert for margaritas. God, I love that woman. She has just got one right after the next. But, you know, the saddest part for me, for her, was hearing her say how her kids said this and her kids said that. And she's so concerned about the I told you so's. But I think she's going to be pleasantly surprised when they just see her coming, welcome her back with open arms, and they're her full support system again. Because that's the way mm -hmm. it should be. But I cannot wait to see Julian let loose on Osama during the tell-all. I cannot wait. I know Julian has been ready. He has been counting down the days till he can confront Osama. And I am excited. Officer Julian is going to let him have it. And I want to say, Osama, you are lucky that Julian never got on a plane and yes. was able to physically get to you because Absolutely. he said it. He was like, you messed with someone's mother. You yep. do not do that. And I feel that. I'm like, Julian, I agree 100%. Yep. My mom, if somebody did that to my mom, it would be on. You would need to make Absolutely. sure that we could not Absolutely. be near each other. So I yep. am ready to see Debbie be defended in the way that she should be defended because I feel like she was there all alone. And Osama wanted to take advantage of the fact that she was a 67-year-old woman and he thought that he could manipulate her and he could scare yep. her and he could take advantage of her. And I love the fact that Debbie was like, I might be 67, but you're not taking advantage of me. You're yep. not gonna make me do anything that I don't wanna do. She met with him in that coffee shop and she let him have it. Yes. And I love that she was like, you lied to me. You used me. Like she let him have it. She didn't bite her tongue. And I am so glad because I was worried. And Julian was too. He was like, I don't want you going over there. No one to defend you. No one to take care of you. Yeah. And Debbie was like, I don't need nobody to take care of me. And that's yep. exactly what she meant. She didn't need anybody yep. to take care of her. She, when she was done at that coffee shop, she was like, take me to the airport. Get me out of here. I'm done. And that is exactly what she did. I'm so proud of her. And Debbie, like you said, don't worry about what anybody has to say about you going over there and you going after your dreams and going what was in your heart. Don't worry about that because we respect you for the decisions you made. Yep. And Osama is two different people. The Osama yep. that you spoke to on Facebook that you met and the Osama that you were with in Morocco, those are two different people. So yep. don't you dare feel ashamed for loving someone who you thought loved you Absolutely. back because the second person that he created did love you. So yep. don't ever feel like you need to be embarrassed for going after your heart. He lied and tricked you and deceived you. What did you yep. call it? A bait and switch. He yep. bait and switched you. So don't feel any type of way about yep. what went on in Morocco because you were there for a genuine reason. And he just didn't have a genuine bone to stand on. And also, all of America is here to support you and give you hugs when you get back. We got you Absolutely. back. Absolutely. We have your back. So let's talk about... Chris and Jamie. So, oh my gosh, I've been waiting <laughs> five months. Chris was gone in Alabama and Jamie was in Bogota waiting and she missed Jamie's birthday party and she decided to throw another one, which was really nice. It was a swimming party. I can't swim, so it wouldn't have been fun for me, but it was yeah, really nice. 
Right. It was fun. And everything was going well up until they started to have a conversation. Now, the first thing I thought was they're taking Nicole and Mahmoud's uh, play out of their playbook because they had these huge elephants in the room when Chris arrived. And instead of talking about it in, in a healthy way, they pretended everything was fine. And I feel like that's always leading up to an explosion, right? So yeah, at the party, Jamie can't say anything without Chris jumping down her throat. Every well, time. that's exactly what happened. Jamie was yeah. like, I want to have my very first serious conversation with you in five months. Yeah. And before she could get two sentences out, Chris was out the door yeah. running and screaming and yelling. And it's like, Jamie just wants to be heard. She was like, can you please just let me say one thing and just listen to me, please? I want you to hear me. And she feels like in five months, no one is listening to her. Like she's married, but she's completely alone. She's in an apartment where the rent hasn't been paid in three months. Like she feels like she's all alone in this different town. This isn't where Jamie is originally from, by the way. She moved here to be with Chris. So this is a foreign place to her, by the way. This is not where her family is. She doesn't have anyone to fall back on. And now she feels like she can't even speak openly to her wife. She can't. So in the beginning, Chris said, you got an apartment that was $100 more than what I said is okay. But that's fine because Chris sold her house and has all this money, right? But now it's $150 more. And you're making it sound like you paid for it all along, but you didn't. She only paid two months and then you dumped it on Jamie. What's the reason for coming back to America? You had to come back for what? The narcolepsy medicine or the job or the house or the motorcycle or the court or your son? What is it? I mean, you can't seriously have that many problems back to back to back to back. And if that's the case, start filing the paperwork to bring your wife here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to move there. File it and bring her here. Well, yeah, she's already basically alone in Bogota. She left her family. She left. Like, I feel like if that's the case, like, yeah, bring her back to Alabama and she can help you get through these problems. And you guys can be a marital unit. She loves you. She would. She's supportive. She loves you. But the way she talked to her, like she was her mother telling her, you don't raise your voice. You lower your that just. And then when she flipped the chair and cussed on her way out, it's like, man, you are showing your ass right there. Completely showing your ass because that was disrespectful. I just wonder if she went there with the intentions of breaking off the marriage, because this was the first serious conversation they had since they got back. And obviously money was going to come up. That has always been an issue. And all relationships thrive through communication jamie wanted her to know look you've been gone for five months i've been struggling this was hard i felt alone i could have really used you to lean on and that's what all she she's not asking chris for like give me ten thousand dollars you know to make it better all she wants her to know is please understand what i went through while you were gone and i really wish that i had you there because this has been a very tough situation for me to deal with that's all she really wanted to say But she wasn't able to get it out because every time she tries to call and talk to her, either Chris doesn't answer, Chris doesn't return the call or it turns into a fight. So, yeah, she couldn't talk to her over the phone. This was the only she said it. This is the first time I get to have a face to face conversation. And she had a lot to say, but rightfully so. She's got a lot to get off of her chest and she's all alone. So she needs Chris needed to listen. Well, yeah, it's been five months, but they've spent like, what, three weeks together? 
Yeah. And they got married after nine days. Cause yep. when, when Chris landed, it seemed super awkward. Cause I was like, yep. they're acting like strangers, but I was like, let's yeah. be actual here. They are, they yeah. have not spent that much time together. And then when they do talk on the phone, one's hanging up on the other one's screaming at the other, like, this yep. is not a marriage. This is basically two strangers in a marriage and they're trying to navigate a no communication relationship. Yeah. And Jamie is a person that thrives through communication and sharing how she feels and telling her feelings. That's how she yep. thrives. You need to be connected on that emotional level with Absolutely. Jamie. That's how she thrives. And she's willing to compromise, but you have to listen. Your, her yep. feelings are valid and making her feel like they're invalid is just pushing her away. And she's yep. really, really trying because her friend actually said, you should end this now before she even gets back. Like you should yeah. walk away and be done with her. And she said, well, I want to give her the opportunity to talk to me and we can have an open communication and we can try to make it work. Cause her friends were like, You're, you should just file for an annulment and be done yeah. with her. This is ridiculous. And Jamie wanted to give her the opportunity to come back and they could try to work through their problems because she really does love her. Yeah. And I just feel like it might not work because I feel like maybe Chris came back with one actual goal and that was to end this marriage i feel yep. like the way that she reacted to jamie talking to her about normal relationship stuff made it seem like she's just yeah. wanting to end this also the birthday party that couldn't have been cheap you had these people decorate mm -hmm. and all of this stuff but you're literally coming at her about money jamie's not saying anything about money she's just expressing her feelings yep. and you chris is the one that's made it about money the whole time Jamie's like, yeah, she said she'd pay for this and she hasn't, but I haven't physically heard her ask for money. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen her want for anything that, she, you know, she's not able to get for herself. And Chris is just constantly saying, it's all about money. I have to work for money and I have to do this to send you money and money, money, money. Nobody's obsessed with money more than Chris. Jamie is just trying to have her wife build a life just like she was promised, you know, mm -hmm. I, she just wants to be loved. And I just feel like it's just, it's going so south. I hope it's over. I really hope it's over for Jamie's sake. The way that they were speaking on the tell all, I can't imagine it's not, but I, know. I guess we're going to find out next week. And I know this is going to be hard for Jamie because she had her hopes on having a wife. And now yeah. I feel like that's the last thing she's going to get out of this situation. Yep. All right, guys, that's it for part two. I'm George Mossy. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com. And anywhere you get your podcast, please follow my co-host, Kara, too. Her links are right here at the bottom. This is the George Mossy Show, 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 4, Episode 14, Part 2. Finale is next week. We'll talk to you guys really soon.